Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. When I was a little boy, I used to watch westerns. And I can remember many times in the westerns, they would appoint somebody uh, to be a lookout, uh, to, to watch the horses at night while the, while the men slept. And um, oftentimes, that guy would fall asleep. It just seemed to happen in the westerns. And he would get shot. And somebody would steal the horses and take their possessions. Um, did you know that we have a thief and a robber spiritually who wants to steal, kill, and destroy in our lives, in our families, in this church? And we are called as God's people uh, to hold up the shield of faith, to take uh, the battle uh, to the Lord and to the enemy, to the Lord in prayer, to the enemy in resistance. And so uh, we need to be fighting this battle uh, because it's going to be fought one way or the other, whether we fight or not. The enemy will fight against us. So how do we fight this battle? Uh, well, this scripture that we're going to look at today uh, is going to give us some great counsel uh, in how to fight the battle. And he uses the image of armor. Uh, Roman soldiers' armor was something that was a very common thing in those days. People knew uh, what it looked like and knew what it was for. Uh, and so he uses this picture of armor to illustrate the battle that we are to fight with the Lord. We have a helper in this battle who is the Holy Spirit. Uh, we have a weapon uh, and, and it's interesting, as you look at the pieces of armor, it rotates around the Scriptures. All of these pieces of armor have something to do with the Scripture. So uh, it is so important that we are in the Word of God and we are regularly involved in prayer. So um, we need to prepare for the battle. And the title of my message is Prepared for the Battle. So look with me at verse 10 of Ephesians 6. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason... Take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. Stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request, and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for the saints. Pray also for me, that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may be bold enough to speak about it as I should. 
So prepared for the battle. How do we prepare for the battle? Well, first of all, you need to be supernaturally empowered. You need to be supernaturally empowered. Verse 10, finally, be strengthened by the Lord or in the Lord and in his mighty power. You see, we don't fight this battle in our own strength. We fight this battle in God's strength. Uh, my wife was cleaning out. She loves to clean out stuff and to organize stuff. And she was cleaning out some drawers, and she found, we had been looking for gloves the last time it snowed. Couldn't find them anywhere. She found the gloves, and we were all excited. We, you know, we got the gloves back. And uh, so you say, well, it doesn't take much to excite you. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, I was thinking about, you know, a glove doesn't do anything by itself, does it? If I take those gloves, I mean, it would just sit there. It will do nothing but collect dust. But when I put my hand into it, all of a sudden that glove has some power, right? And that glove can do tasks, and that glove can accomplish things. Why? Because of what's inside it. The same thing is true of the Christian life. As, as God's people, we're the glove. He is the hand inside the glove. We, he is our power. He is our strength. He is our might. So we don't come. I, I love what David said. He said uh, to Goliath, he says, I come to you in the name of the God of Israel, and who, in whose name uh, he will help me to defeat you. And so David was relying upon God. Who is this vile Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David knew that God would empower him to fight the battle. The same thing is true for us today. So we need to be supernaturally empowered. How do you do that? Well, one thing you need to do is you need to make sure that any sin in your life is confessed to God and that you need to repent of it. Uh, and the Holy Spirit will help you with that as well. But, uh, but you need to ask God, Lord, help me to genuinely repent. And then once you've done that, once you've taken care of the, the sin issues that would keep uh, the Spirit at arm's length, okay, um, then you can, can ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit and to empower you so that you can be ready uh, for the battle that is in front of you. So um, we need to be supernaturally empowered. You can also call upon God as you're going through a temptation or if you think the enemy is attacking you in some way. You can also pray to God right there in the middle of it and say, Lord, help me. Lord, strengthen me. Lord, help me trust you. God, uh, be with me right here in the middle of this, and the Lord is with us. One of the great things about being a child of God, we don't get to heaven by what we do, right? Uh, it's not our performance that causes us to be accepted. We're accepted because we're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And we're saved by God's grace. The blood of Jesus has cleansed our sin. We stand in grace. And because of that, at any moment, when you are in the midst of a temptation, you say, well, well, what if my heart's not perfect? What if, what if, no, don't worry about it. You're under the blood of Christ. You call upon Jesus. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will answer you, and you will honor me, the scripture says. So call upon the Lord. Don't let the enemy try to intimidate you to think, well, God wouldn't help you. You don't measure up. Call upon him. And trust that you stand 
in his grace. So you need to be supernaturally empowered. So prepared for the battle. How? You need to be supernaturally empowered. Secondly, you need to be ready to stand. Look at verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. Look at verse 13. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day, having prepared everything to take your stand. You need to be prepared. Uh, You need to be ready to stand. Did you know that not every temptation, that not every attack of the enemy goes away the moment that you say, in the name of Jesus Christ, leave? Did you know that? Now, we do have that authority in Jesus' name. But you remember what the disciples did? Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration. The disciples are trying to cast a demon out, and they couldn't do it. Uh, and they asked Jesus, why couldn't we do it? And he says, well, it's because of your unbelief. And then he also says, it's, this kind comes out only by prayer or by prayer and fasting. So that there would be seasons of time. How many times did Satan tempt Jesus in the wilderness? It wasn't one time, right? It was three times. Three times Satan tempts. The temptation is ongoing, okay? You need to understand that sometimes temptation is not a quick, you resist a little bit and then the devil's gone. Sometimes temptation is sustained for a season of time. But if you keep resisting the devil, he will flee from you. But you've got to stand. Uh, And you've got to be prepared to stand. Uh, And one of the ways he says, I want you to be prepared to stand is to put on the armor of God. There's the helmet of salvation, right? Helmet of salvation uh, looks forward to that time where Jesus is going to come and he's going to rescue us and save us. Uh, That future aspect of salvation. My hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. One day, I'm going to be delivered. I'm going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. I'm going to be changed by his power. I'll have a glorified body. There'll be no sorrow. There'll be no crying. There'll be no pain. There'll be no sickness. There'll be no death. What? That's the helmet of salvation. God has let me know that I have a hope to look forward to. And as I go through the struggle and through the battle, I can persevere because my eyes are on Jesus and my eyes and my heart are set upon the hope that he has put in my heart. And so I can put on the helmet of salvation. Uh, There's also the breastplate of righteousness. This is one of my favorites. The breastplate of righteousness. Some people will say that this is the righteous acts that we do. I disagree with that because I don't know about you, but my righteousness is less than perfect. Matter of fact, the scripture says that our righteousness is as filthy rags to God. So if it's dependent upon my righteousness, I'm in serious trouble. Praise God it's not. It's dependent upon the righteousness of Christ. I remember uh, discovering that. Romans 5, what a glorious scripture that is. Um, and uh, found out I'm justified. I have been declared righteous through the work of Christ. He's clothed me in his righteousness. You get a hold of that, that'll set you free. Listen, when the Satan, who is the accuser, comes against you to accuse you and remind you of your failure and of the fact that you're unworthy, just agree with him and say, but yeah, I'm not depending on my worthiness. I'm depending upon the worthiness, the perfect, spotless righteousness of Jesus Christ. Find fault with that if you can, devil. I'm clothed in his righteousness. That's my breastplate 
of righteousness. But he's also given us the belt of truth, that we're girded, we're ready for battle through the word of truth. Uh, As you are in the word of God, and as you learn the word of God, and as you, even better, memorize the word of God, you are well equipped and ready uh, to go to battle. Uh, One of the things that I have found is a lot of times when I was a new Christian, there'd be areas that I just didn't really know a whole lot about, and uh, I'd, I'd be defeated in that area until I learned what I needed to learn to overcome that. Uh, from the Word of God. And so uh, sometimes it's just getting into the Word of God, learning what God says about who we are uh, and, and so forth in Christ. And so um, there's the belt of truth. Then we have the feet shod with the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. You can be prepared by the gospel and prepared for the gospel. Pre- prepared for the gospel. There's a readiness to share the gospel. Okay? That, that can be one way this is interpreted and in that the, the text of Scripture, one possibility uh, of, of how to take these, the language that's here. Um, I need to be prepared to share Christ with other people, to tell them what Jesus has done for me and to share how they can repent and put their trust in Jesus Christ and know Him. That's a good thing. And, and by the way, that's our offensive battle, isn't it? is to, to talk to people about Jesus Christ, to let them know the wonderful joy of, of knowing Him, uh, the change that He can bring, the joy that He can give. Uh, what, what a wonderful thing to know Jesus. And, and we need to know how to share Christ. And uh, that's one thing we, we try to do here in this church is to train people how to do that. But also, you are prepared by the gospel. That's another way you can interpret the scripture. Did you know you never outgrow your need for the gospel? Now, I believe that once you're saved, you're going to be saved. It says, if you put your trust in Jesus, you, uh, that you have eternal life. And eternal life isn't life till you mess up. It's eternal. It's a gift of God. The Bible says wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. But can I tell you something? You need the gospel as a child of God. Because as you understand, the gospel will bring you comfort when you fail. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. (laughs) Isn't that a wonderful thing? The gospel tells me that. How about this? Nothing can separate me from the love of God found in Christ Jesus my Lord. The gospel tells me that. Why? Because it's not dependent upon my performance. It's dependent upon what Christ has done. His perfect righteousness. His perfect sacrifice that has been applied to me. Hallelujah. I'm forgiven. I have a hope and a future. Because of what Jesus has done for me. But you look at the other side of it. Not only does the blood of Jesus cleanse my sin. But the resurrection of Jesus as Ephesians tells us, teaches me that I have resurrection power living within me. (laughs) Is that not good news? Listen, uh, sometimes we forget we're the people of the resurrection. 
We serve a living God who is able to overcome anything that we face, who is able to bring victory out of the ashes of defeat, who's able to raise the dead, who's able to give a hope in the future. This is the preparation the gospel gives us for the battle. To recognize all that is ours because of what Jesus has done. Then we take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Did you know the Word of God is a great blessing to us as Christians because it edifies us and so forth, but it's also a powerful weapon. I love what God said to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, there were some false prophets who were telling dreams, and uh, God said to Jeremiah, let him who has his dream tell his dream, but let him, him who has my word speak it faithfully. For what has straw to do with grain is not my word like fire and like a hammer that breaks rocks in pieces. Did you know God's word is like a hammer? Did you know God can break through strongholds in your life? That God can tear down the work of the enemy in your life through his powerful word? Did you know that God's word is a weapon to undo what the devil has done? When the devil convinces somebody that they're defeated, that there's no hope, uh, that it's over, they might as well just give up. God says uh, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, The Word of God is able to pierce and penetrate to show us the true condition of who we are. Sometimes people think that, that well, I've got it. I, I've got it all wired. I'm, I'm a righteous person. I've got, I've got this Christianity thing down. Listen, that's, that's a dangerous place to be, by the way. Pride goes before a fall. But, but understand this. The, the Word of God can expose the hidden thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Did you know God doesn't just look at what you do? He looks at the inner attitudes of your heart. He looks at the words that you say. Uh, he, looks, he looks at our attitudes. So <clears throat> uh, the Word of God shows me that. It exposes these things. Uh, and so uh, the Word of God is a weapon. It's a weapon in evangelism. As you share the Scripture, uh, God can use that Scripture to penetrate a heart. Uh, I remember I read a, a book, I believe it was by R.A. Torrey years ago. And he talked about how he did soul winning and how he would repeat a verse under the leadership of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit would take that and use that in that person's heart and bring them under conviction. He had one guy who just flat out refused to give his heart to Christ, but this verse that he had shared about God's judgment, um, just he, he came after a couple of weeks had passed. He said, he said I, I can't sleep at night. He said, I'm, he said I, I've got to be saved. And he gave his heart to Christ uh, because of the power of God's word. It's a weapon. Then we take up the shield of faith. Wherewith we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So I've gone through each of these things uh, uh, to, sh- to share with you. These are the armor pieces that he mentions. I've shared with you some scriptures in association with those things. Um, <clears throat> But I'm going to share, uh, we've talked about be ready to stand. And as we put that armor on, we're ready to stand. Be supernaturally empowered, be ready to stand. Thirdly, know what you have. Verse 14, look at verse 14. Stand therefore with truth, 
like a belt around your waist. Uh, righteousness like armor on your chest. I've already spoken about righteousness, but sometimes we need to just know what we have in Christ. Um, <clears throat> Neil Anderson put out a book years ago um, called uh, Overcoming the Adversary. And in that, he, he has in the back of that book uh, a list of things that God's Word says about believers, about who they are in Christ. And uh, he would encourage people to go through those different things and just to say them each day when they were struggling uh, in their life. And uh, I am God's child. I'm redeemed. Uh, I have a hope of heaven. I'm God's friend. These are some examples. Uh, but you learn these things in Scripture. Sometimes you just need to know what you have as a child of God. And, and the, the belt of truth, the truth of God's Word helps us know what we have. And uh, uh, here, how about this one? Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming from the Father of lights with whom there's no change or shadow of a change. Did you know every good gift is from God? Don't believe the devil's lie. He's trying to get you to go off somewhere and do something sinful to try to satisfy a need. Every good gift comes from God. So you've got to know what you have. And so the truth helps you know what you have. Uh, so you be in the Word so that you can know what you have. Okay, so be supernaturally empowered. Be ready to stand. Know what you have. Uh, use the gospel. Verse 15. Your feet sandal with the readiness for the gospel of peace. Use the gospel in your evangelism. We've talked about that. Use the gospel. Sometimes you need to preach the gospel to yourself, right? Remind yourself. Listen, there's some scriptures that have just profoundly encouraged me over the years that I have put to memory just because I need them. And, and what I do when I come, uh, when the enemy is coming uh, against me, I will quote those scriptures, and God uses that scripture uh, to help me in that situation. So uh, use the gospel. Use those gospel truths. Uh, how about this? God has separated our sins as far as the east is from the west. He's buried them in a sea of forgetfulness. Uh, these are things that, that God's Word says. And so, uh, memorize Scripture, know the Scripture, know what the Gospel says, and then preach the Gospel to yourself. Sometimes you've got to just talk to yourself. Now, you, you might want to do it silently if you're in public. Uh, but uh, uh, talk to yourself and, and preach the Gospel to yourself and remind yourself of what God says you have. I love uh, Romans 5.1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, and access into this grace in which we now stand. Is that not a great verse? Justified, acquitted. And I'll go through that. And sometimes when the enemy is attacking me, I will pray that verse. And I start by saying this. I'll say, Lord, I thank you that I stand in your grace. I can't ever be taken out of your grace. Thank you that you've acquitted me. That's what justified means. That's one of the meanings of justified. Thank you that you've acquitted me of all my sin, past, present, future that you clothe me with the righteousness of Christ. Thank you, Father, that I have access to you through Jesus Christ. I have peace with you, that you're not upset with me, that you love me because of what Jesus Christ did. And I just pray through that verse. Boy, I get on shouting ground by the time I get through that. And uh, it's amazing, the power of that. So use the gospel. So be supernaturally empowered. Be ready to stand. Know what you have. Use the gospel. Nourish your faith. Verse 16, every situation, 
Take up the shield of faith, for with you should, should be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil. And that's remarkable. There's nothing the enemy can throw at you that a heart full of faith can't overcome. Did you know that? Well, you say, well, my faith is not always that strong. Well, welcome to the club. <laughs> uh, did you know Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith? So Jesus is the one who keeps us in the faith. Now, you can do things in your spiritual walk that will strengthen your faith. One thing is what you're doing right now. Those of you who are here today, you've come to the house of God to hear from God's word, to fellowship with God's people. You get involved in the Sunday school class, what are you doing? So that small group class, what are you doing? You are fellowshipping with God's people. You're praying for one another. Uh, you're sharing with one another about what's going on. And you're supporting each other. And God uses that to strengthen us in our faith. Um, when one person's faith is weak, another person's faith is strong, and the person who's strong in faith can encourage the person who's weak in faith. If you stay away from church, what you do is you stay away from one of the means that God has to give you victory over the enemy, which is the people of God. Uh, being in the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Be in the Word of God. <clears throat> uh, on a regular, I'm not going to be legalistic, okay? But if you want to be prepared for battle, how often do you, do you uh, uh, put on the, the, the clothes for battle? If you go out one day without your breastplate, you might be in serious trouble, right? So uh, I think there needs to be a daily time with God. If you can be in the Word of God, uh, that is a wonderful thing to do to strengthen and nourish your faith. Another thing you can do is you can ask God to strengthen your faith. I've heard somebody say, well, don't ask God to strengthen your faith because he will. And the, the meaning behind that is he'll give you trouble and trials. Well, that may be the case, but I'd rather have faith and have victory than not have faith and be defeated by the enemy and be a shipwreck. Besides that, the Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is faith. So when the Holy Spirit of God, when you're filled with the Spirit of God, the, the Spirit of God will quicken you in your faith. He'll help you and strengthen you in your faith and sustain you. So you can pray for that and ask for that. And these are some things you can do. Uh, another thing you can do is get a prayer partner. That's a powerful thing to do. Get a prayer partner who will pray with you when you're struggling. Somebody that you can trust. And, and just, just maybe get together once a week. So I've heard of some people getting together once a month. Uh, get together, pray for one another, support one another. Uh, that's a powerful thing. I, there's a season in my life, I don't think I would have made it were it not for the prayer partners in my life. So that's a great way to nurse your faith. Okay, so prepare for the battle. How? Be supernaturally empowered. Be ready to share. Know what you have. Use the gospel. Nourish your faith. Receive from the Spirit. Look at verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation or receive the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So that word, uh, verse 17 says, take the helmet of salvation. It literally uh, can be translated receive. Receive that helmet and that sword from 
the Spirit. Did you know the Spirit can change your whole outlook? When you go to God and pray, you're burdened and you're anxious and you're, you're distressed, and you take those things to God in prayer with thanksgiving, the peace of God that passes all understanding guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. That's what, the, what Philippians says. <clears throat> uh, but the Holy Spirit, I found that in my life. As I go to the Lord in prayer, and I lay those things out before the Lord, the Holy Spirit of God will change my whole outlook. I go into that time of prayer, anxious, distressed, out of sorts, maybe even having a bad attitude. I come out of that time of prayer with the peace of God, with the joy of God, and with hope for the future. That's what the Spirit of God does. He, he gives us this mindset that we need. Um, so receiving, taking that helmet of salvation from the Spirit uh, is, is uh, taking that sword, the sword of the Spirit. How does the Spirit give us a sword? Well, we have a sword, right? We, we do have a, a sword, right? But the Holy Spirit can help us customize. Uh, it's not that we change the Word of God, but we use the Word of God in a custom-designed way to minister to somebody's need or to witness with the gospel. Um, I've, I've learned some different methods of sharing Christ, and those are good and, and are helpful. But what I have found is that the most effective witnessing I've ever done is when I've felt a special leadership of the Holy Spirit. And I've followed the leadership of the Holy Spirit and what verse I use and how I explain, what things I emphasize. The only, th the only way I know how to describe that to you is you know it when it's happening. Okay, I, you know it when it's happening. Uh, it doesn't happen every time I share Christ. But there are those times, and I do pray for it every time I pray. Every day I pray, Lord, speak through me. I pray for that. But, but there are some times where the Spirit of God will just come in and He'll customize it. And when that happens, I found, I, don't, I can't think of a case where that person's not come to Christ when that's happened. Because I think that the Lord knows where they are. They knows, he knows exactly what they need. I've seen it in the life of Christians, too. As I have ministered to Christians and God lays something upon my heart, maybe it's a verse to share. Maybe it's a testimony or something. Uh, but God lays something on my heart. I share that, and there'll be feedback like, that was exactly what I needed. That, how did you know I needed that? Uh, I've had some people... I had one guy come up to me after a service, and he's kind of shaking his head. He said, he said, how do you know what's going on in my life? And I said, well, I don't know what's going on in your life. He says, well, you, last five weeks you've been talking straight to me. And I said, well, that's not me. That's the Holy Spirit. I said, the Holy Spirit's speaking through me. I have no clue what's going on in your life. And, uh, but that's, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He is able to give us a, a custom usage of the sword. Okay, so uh, enough on that. So you can ask God to help you and lead you as you share. Um, receive from the Spirit. Look at verse 18. Pray at all times, or praying as you're doing the, as you're fighting the battle, as you're 
using these, these uh, pieces of armor and so forth. Uh, literally, uh, there is, it's a participle in the Greek, praying at all times. So while you're doing all this other stuff, you're praying in the Spirit with all kinds of prayers and requests. So praying in the Spirit. In other words, the Spirit is guiding your prayers. Now, you can pray and you can call out upon God for anything as a child of God. But when the Spirit guides your prayers, there's a special power and a special promise to that. Why is that? Because Jesus himself said, if you pray according to my will, you'll have what you've asked. Well, if the Holy Spirit leads me to pray it, is it God's will? Absolutely. So I can have special confidence. I can have special faith. But also, the Spirit knows what's happening in the hearts of others, even when we don't. Now, there have been times I've looked at, I've looked at somebody, I could just tell they were upset. You can, you can just see it's written all over their face. They're discouraged or whatever. And sometimes God may let us see that and then may prompt us to, to encourage or to pray. But then there'll be other times you may not have a clue of what's going on in somebody else's life, but the Spirit of God will lay that person on your heart to pray for them. And you need to do it. Because if the Spirit's going to the trouble of putting that person on your heart, that means that person needs prayer. So you pray for them. I've done that. I don't always do this. There are times I pray and I never let the person know I forget or, or, I, or I just don't do it. But often, if God lays somebody on my heart, I'll shoot a text to them. Or the next time I see them, I'll let them know, hey, I was praying for you on such and such a day. Because you know what I've found? I've seen this in my family. Uh, my, my sister, uh, I'll, I'll call her on the phone and she'll say, boy, I have really been burdened for you this week. Uh, is there something been going on in your life this week? I've been praying for you. Well, as a matter of fact, yes. <laughs> and it's uncanny. And then there have been times I've been burdened for her or I've been burdened for my brother or, or, or someone else in my family. Uh, same thing is true in the body of Christ. God knows what we're going through. And there may be somebody's going through something, and they won't share it. They're a, per, a private person. But God knows what they're dealing with, and God lays that person on your heart so that you can help them overcome in the battle. Take that very seriously. He says, uh, he says stay alert. In other words, be, pay attention to it with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Sometimes I might not make it without your prayers, and sometimes you may not make it without my prayers, because God has designed it to work that way. We need each other. So, uh, look at verse 19, pray also for me. Now Paul is giving specific, now this is interesting because right after he's told him to listen to the Holy Spirit's leadership, he's saying, okay, I'm just going to tell you what to pray for me. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but the fact that Paul requests his prayer, you know what that tells me? Here's the great apostle who penned probably half the New Testament. And he's saying, listen, I struggle. I need prayer. I need help. Pray for me. That ought to tell us for how much. You know what Hebrews says? Hebrews says, let us encourage one another daily as we have the opportunity. We don't know what somebody else is going through. There's a battle that's being waged. 
Your word of encouragement might make all the difference in somebody's life. Your prayer for somebody else may make all the difference. So that brings me to my last point. Be alert for the opportunity. Be alert. Ask God to help you uh, be alert to those times where the Holy Spirit lays someone on your heart or when somebody requests prayer and lift that person to the Lord. All right. So prepared for the battle. How do you do it? You need to be supernaturally empowered. Be ready to stand. Know what you have. Use the gospel. Nourish your faith. Receive from the Spirit. Be alert for the opportunity. You say, well, that's an awful lot of stuff to remember, preacher. Well, let me boil it down for you a little bit. How about this? Be in the Word of God. Be with the people of God. Call upon God when you need help. And recognize that that the Holy Spirit is there to help you in your time of need. And uh, that will go a long way to helping you in the battle. And then stay, stay in the Word so God can begin to teach you over time more and more how to pray and how to have victory in your struggle. Let me just say this today. If you don't know Jesus Christ, uh, the Bible says you're in Satan's kingdom. It's, there's only two kingdoms to be in, God's kingdom or Satan's kingdom. Those that haven't yet trusted Christ are in Satan's kingdom. You can't wage a spiritual battle if you're in Satan's kingdom. So you need to be transferred from Satan's kingdom to God's kingdom. How does that happen? Only through Jesus. Jesus has defeated Satan at the cross. Uh, he, took, he, he led captivity captive. Uh, Jesus has, has made a display of his enemies. He's defeated Satan. And uh, he's paid the price for sin. And if you will repent and put your trust in Jesus for what he's done for your sin at the cross and his mighty resurrection, the Bible says that God will save your soul. That trust involves a decision of repentance, a choice to turn from sin in our own way, to follow Christ, and a receiving of that gift of eternal life. If you'd like to make that decision today, I'm going to give you an opportunity here in just a moment uh, to come forward. I'll be standing here at the front. Please come and just say, I'm ready uh, for Jesus, okay? Or I'm ready, if that's all you can remember to say. Uh, and and we'll, we'll talk about your soul. If you're, if you're here today and you know Christ, maybe there's something in your life. Maybe you've been neglecting your time with God, and you just need to come to this altar and say, Lord, I, I've been defeated, and I know why. I've not been in your word. I've been laying out of church. I've, I've not been with your people, and, and there's a reason I'm struggling. There's a reason I'm failing. And so, God, I, I confess that to you, and I'm choosing uh, to begin to be conscientious about these things in my life. Whatever God would lead you, uh, perhaps there's somebody here today, and you, you sense that God has led you to become a part of this church, the membership of this body, and you want to take first step uh, of becoming a member of this church. Uh, we would be delighted to help you. If you pr- profess your faith in Jesus, and um, uh, we, we can help you in making those, those next steps for membership. So you come and, and let us know about that. Um, maybe you're here and uh, you need to follow the Lord and believers' baptism as a step of obedience to Christ. Whatever God would lead you to do, you respond to him right now. Uh, and let's, let's just take a moment and pray. Father, we ask that uh, you would work and move in the hearts of your people and in the hearts of any that don't know Christ here in this place today.